Hello and welcome to Two Young Drunks, a podcast for young people in recovery by young people in recovery. My name is Luke and I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Jamie. I'm an alcoholic too. And welcome to the show. So today we are joined by Francis. Francis, hello. Hiya. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thanks. How's, uh, how's your week been? Uh, it has been completely filled with indecision, but it's been really good. I've been on a little holiday to Wales um, and I've yeah, interviewed for, a, for interviewed for a job, been doing some voluntary work. Um, yeah, lots have been going on, but it's been um, really good. Yeah. Nice. Is that job in the same field of work that you did before? getting sober no no i used to push a broom around on a building site and um and uh this is a job working in a rehab that i actually attended um that's when i started my recovery uh, a couple of years ago and um it's a support worker role so nice. yeah kind of that's completely great. different yeah congrats kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah so um what have you had to face sober this week i mean I, we were talking about this just a minute ago but it is it's like i'm so indecisive i couldn't even really pick one thing that I felt like I wanted to sort of go, yeah, this is the thing that's really come up to me. Cause it's like, even from the smallest, the smallest thing, which is quite funny, you know, to like the really big, serious decisions. And, and so like this week I went away on holiday with somebody that, you know, really, really close to, and, you know, I had to make a decision about whether I fart really close to her or not, you know, like that stupid, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's that stuff. And it like getting real anxiety about like, what happens here? Like, do I do yeah. this? Do I not do yeah. this? You know? And then, and then I'm also, you know, making a decision based on, where my future want to takes me so like do i go down this sort of support work and work in drug and alcohol services or i'm doing a voluntary role that, that is kind of to do more with mental health and and within the court systems and it's like i've got these wonderful opportunities but it's like i need to make a decision mm. and um and it seems to be everything that I'm, I'm kind of doing at the minute i'm noticing how much like when i've got to make a decision my anxiety goes through the roof and um and i'm kind of stuck and i'm like well, i don't know what to do you know and um so yeah, it's it's uh, it just seems to be there for me as a thread throughout my whole week, really this week. Well, you've sounds like you've got just got a lot of decision to make though. Yeah, which is like maybe going from like just focusing on recovery to this, like where you're at in your life, like that's that's crazy. Yeah, like and it, I think a lot of people struggle with decision. It's it's just difficult. Yeah. like where are you gonna go especially when i didn't think about much before i was just like fuck it yeah well, that's the <laughs> yeah, thing isn't it? it yeah and you then mean, numb yourself <laughs> for all those years it was like the decision was like kind of like am i going to drink and use today and and that was always a kind of easy decision to make because it was kind of like even if i'm denied about it for a few hours during the day while i was at work i always settled on yes yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, and it was yeah. always like and then and then it kind of it had that effect throughout my whole life where it was like does this thing that i'm going to do get in the way of my drinking and using and if it does you know what i mean do i really want to do it and yeah. it was always kind of like so there was always that baseline like well i'm going to be drinking i'm going to be using so as long as i've kind of got that sorted then everything else will just kind of work its way you know work itself out one way or the other for good or for bad and and now like you know in sobriety it's kind of like man i've actually got to make decisions now and i actually want to make things like I want to kind of build a life for myself and I want to uh, develop, you know, myself internally and, and externally as well. And the decisions that I make on a day-to-day -day basis have a, have a, you know, hopefully will have a big effect on, on my future. And, um, mm. 
and it's like responsibility isn't it? it's like growing up mm. um and, and that's a tough thing for somebody you know like myself who i started you know drinking and using when i was 13 and i never really kind of stopped until i came into recovery at 31 so um yes yeah, like i've got a i'm on this like growing up path like accelerated sort of growing up you know from a from a little teenage boy into a, an adult in a short period of time uh, and it's tough yeah it's yeah. just hard work yeah really hard work but mm. also like amazing as well oh completely like, rewarding yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 and like it sounds like your two, two those both things are like actually like really worthwhile careers as well yeah. like yeah like and, they're really good and this is the, you know this is the wonderful thing and it, it's like you know, I've got a couple of different pathways in my life and, and it's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the wonderful thing about the, the decision making that I seem to be doing now in, in you know, in sobriety. It's, it's all kind of good stuff that I'm having to sign between. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's, it doesn't feel like detrimental to my life. It doesn't feel like horrible and dirty and, and, and kind of sordid and secretive and all that kind of negative stuff that, you know, that I experienced for all of those years. It's like, it's all good stuff. It's like, what do I want to do for myself? Like, what do mm. I want to do for fun? Like, what do I want to do for work? Like, who do I want to interact with? Like, who are my type of people? And, um, and uh, you know, it's all really positive, um, but it's still decisions. So, like, mm. you know, it's still like my anxiety will still go through the roof. But, yeah, like I said, the simplest of things, which is actually just kind of like learning how to interact with somebody on, on a more of a, a close, intimate level um you know how that works because you know when you if i had a drink inside me i wouldn't even be thinking about it yeah you know it would just be kind of carrying on like normal but you know take away the drink and and the drugs for me and it's um and suddenly those little things those really kind of normal stuff that people kind of learn how to do over the course of their lifetimes Mm -hmm. suddenly become you know real kind of moments where i'm like what do i do like, is this all right? Like, yeah. you know, is this what normal people do? Like, I couldn't like, agree. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I totally relate in terms of making big decisions, in terms of commitment. Like, I, I, I don't think I really committed to much before because, like you said, it was like, what should I do that day? Drink, get on it, go on a binge. Whereas, and I, I never really saw a future in that. No. Like, I, I couldn't see where the idea of having a career or thinking in the long term. It was impossible because I didn't see how this, how what I was doing right then was going to be sustainable. So I just didn't think about the future. No. And now having to make decisions in terms of like, so me and my partner, we in the last year we've got two dogs, which is amazing. It's one of those mm. things that totally enriches your life. But for me, that was like a huge, huge. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a massive, yeah, mm. it's a massive yeah. decision for anyone. But I really struggled with that commitment, and I know now, have been like six months into having the second one that. It was the right decision and yeah. I love every minute of it. But it still scares me to know that I've got those responsibilities. Mm. Whereas before you could just run away, even though in reality it was just like inside my own head mm. into the bottle or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it does scare me. I just kind of like drifted into things, I feel like. Yeah. And like now that like I've taken the time to like look in every corner of my brain, like I just have realized like a whole nother level of emotions that I have and mm. fear around things. And like, so anything that happens now, like, like the fact I got into like university and things like, I just like didn't really process it, you know, mm. cause I was just, I was constantly drunk like yeah. or on drugs and just a decision like that now, like we just, it's just crazy. That's, that, that's kind of like one of the, the, you know, one of my pathways is, is kind of like taking me, you know through through education so like it's like college at the minute but it might take me on to university mm. and like you know i didn't make it to university when i was younger i i, I uh, respectfully got asked to leave 
um, college two years in a row, which was kind of like really nice of them. They didn't kick me out. They gave me the option. Um, and so, you know, so I, I left and then came back to college and then left again, um, all because of my drinking and using. And, um, and so I never made it to university. And, and, and it was just like you were saying, Luke, because, it, you know, I, I never had any hope that, you know, that was like, that was it. I missed that opportunity in my life, you know. And I'd missed all the things that came along with that, you know, that that feeling of maybe kind of accomplishing something and, and meeting, you know, kind of living up to what I believe is, you know, my own kind of like standard of kind of like this idea of, of like who I am, you know, being someone that, that has got an intellect, you know what I mean, and, and, and can achieve stuff. Mm. And it was like, and, and as more as time went on, you know, there was no hope for the future. You know, it didn't seem the future, the future would hold anything positive because my experience was telling me that things were just getting worse and worse. Mm. And so like now it's like, it's the complete opposite. It's like, actually, I kind of deserve to have a future, don't I? Yeah. And that's kind of weird getting your head around. Yeah. It was for me at it's, least. It's, it was so like, wait a minute, like, I get to do this now and, and, and I get to make decisions like, oh, do I, you know, I can actually go back to college. Like, yeah, I can do that, can't I? And that may take me to university and like, whoa, what would that mean if I do mm. that? And, and, um, yeah, and, and, you know, I'm not a dog person, but, you know, I don't know if my, my choices will take me down there. I just hate picking up dog poo. That's all it is. I love <laughs> I've dogs. I've got very tiny dogs, so their poo is yeah, right, very yeah. small. Okay, that's, yeah. that's the secret. Yeah. Small yeah. dogs. I still guess, you know, we talk a lot about, like, resentments and fears and, and, you know, all this kind of stuff, don't we, in sobriety. And, and, and I still get continuous resentments towards dog poo and dog owners, more more to the point. I just, yeah. It's, don't it's, pick up dog shit. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just, it's yeah. like one of those okay. little banes in my life that I'm just like, you know, I'm hanging on to this one. You know what I mean? Like, you can take, <laughs> I deserve this resentment. yeah, you can take all the other fears and all the other resentments, you know what I mean? And I will try my hardest not to cause harm to people, but I will continuously be resentful to dog owners who don't pick up dog poo. Like, I feel like that. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, that's fair enough. But it does suck, suck picking up dog poo. I, I'm glad you guys agree with me on yeah. that. Yeah. Like, especially <laughs> big dogs, you know, just. Yeah, after just having small texture. dogs, I'm not sure I could have a massive dog now because it would be a whole whole handful. Yeah. The listeners don't want to hear it talk. <laughs> no, they need us to go into this. I guess the most important question, which we kind of skipped over, is did you fart in front of her? Uh, yeah, I walked it's off dog respectfully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's kind of a natural I was transition. Expecting a serious question to come there, and you're just like, yeah. but actually, no, no, on all seriousness. It's, it's, it, um, yeah, yeah, but I respectfully walked a couple of meters away. Okay. As though okay, that's yeah. any less obvious, and in a confined area, you know what I mean? Just kind of highlighting the fact that this is now what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm um, sure she appreciated the effort. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, to pretend to go look at something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell us a bit more about the journey from getting asked to leave college to coming into recovery yeah so i mean at that, at that point i was just a full-on you know uh, by the time i was kind of 15 i was i was a kind of daily drinker and user um so my life kind of started going downhill hence the dropping out of college two years in a row um and i was kind of focused on just feeding you know fueling uh financially you know a habit mm. and um so you know i, I kind of um I was just working. That was my kind of, uh, this is what I do now. I just work. It was in catering at the time. Um, and one of my friends who'd gone to university said, why don't you come down to Br uh, Brighton and why don't you move in with, you know, a bunch of us uni students. And, and that's what I did. And, and, and I spent four years, but essentially just partying. Um, I did do some work. Um, I did some sort of, you know, questionable work as well, you know, um, and really, that was the point when I was 23 that I kind of just absolutely crashed and burned. Like I had this kind of six month period towards the end or, you know, between the age of 22 and 23, where I just I recognized that at not, at not a single moment for a single day had I been sober. 
you know mm. and, I, and my brain you know was just craving for some sort of sense of like clarity you know just so, yeah. something less fuzzy than it was and and um and that was the point that i really thought like okay i'm going to sort my life out and I, I you know i believed i got myself into this i'm going to get myself out of it and i made a decision to come back from brighton back to my hometown in oxfordshire and um and, and that started really you know eight years of of just struggle um you know where I started to experience kind of daily depression and anxiety, suicidal thinking. You know, I woke up with a panic attack every day for like eight years. It was just the way, you know, I thought that was normal. Mm. It was like, wake up, have a panic, you know, drink or use, go to work, get on with the day, come back and try and kind of like get some sort of sense of normality, you know, like I still did a few things, you know, I still went on a few holidays and, and, I, and I still kind of like interacted with friends and I still went cycling and I still kind of did stuff, but it was just like, I was aware that, throughout the whole of that you know i had this crutch that i couldn't seem to seem to kind of resolve you know and 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 it, and it just kind of got progressively it got from you know went from bad to worse and and um yeah and and it just it got lonelier it got depressing you know it got really sad that's the reality of mm -hmm. it and 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 it took me a long time and, and i did try and engage in in a, in a couple of services a couple of times and you know it just got to the point where i took this real kind of uh downward turn and it was just stuff that happened before you know i'd lost another job i crashed another car and i borrowed a load of money off my parents to fuel my habit and um you know my drinking and and um yeah and and and, and my kind of like my behavior when i was just on my own just got weirder and weirder and i just kind of got you know i was just completely lost and um yeah that took me into a, into a treatment center that's how i kind of uh sobered up in the first place mm. Did you ever get like a period of sobriety in between that? Like no. Your own back or anything? Like ever try it or did you just... The the longest period of sobriety I had from the moment I started. So from about the age of 14, because that's when I started, you know, on the daily drinking, drinking. using. Yeah, yeah, drinking and a lot of just like smoking weed and, yeah, and taking other drugs. And um, But yeah, the longest period of actual sobriety I had from everything was eight days. And that was like when I was about 28, I think it was. And, and, mm. I, and, and I... um. Yeah, I attended a meeting one week and I stayed sober all the way through to a meeting another week. Uh, the next week. Winter recovery. Yeah, it meeting. was a 12-step meeting yeah. and, and I stayed sober from, it was on a Wednesday, the meeting, and I stayed sober all the way to the to the week after on the Thursday. So I did eight days of continuous yeah. sober and it was horrible. I was like completely <laughs> pulling my hair out. It was like, it was just one of the most like difficult yeah um like painful experiences in my yeah. life and, and i kind of gave up trying to give up at that point mm. because it was like i can't do this you know this this, this is clearly not going to happen mm. i didn't think that it was going to be possible and I, and I just went flat out then for about another three years and um and it was and and i think that that was kind of yeah, you know, I, I didn't really seem to have this ability to, to stop in the first place. Mm. A lot of people kind of, or you hear stories of people having kind of breaks within their, you know, drinking and, and, and using and stuff. And that really wasn't my experience. You know, mine was a mm. kind of one of continuous, you know, kind of daily use. And um, yeah, and, 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 and I just wanted to not, it was like the one thing that I'd never experienced. You know, I'd experienced all these different crazy things that, you know, I'd done when I was drinking and all these different crazy drugs that I'd taken at all these different crazy places. The one thing I'd never actually done was have any period of life, you know, of my life sober. Mm. And I kind of was curious to know what that would be like. And, but I didn't seem to be able to, to obtain that. 
Mm. You know, it was like it didn't matter how much I wanted it. It didn't seem to be something that was a possibility for the likes of me. Mm. You know, and, and that 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 kind of that really fueled this kind of inner shame and and um, you know this kind of pain Spiral, within my soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm. it was like it was like a sense of failure. It's like why can't I do this? Mm. You know, why don't I seem to be able to just stop like a normal person can stop or be okay? within drinking and using because yeah. a lot of my friends they were okay they were you know they were mm. drinking as much as i was um and using as much as i was but they were seemed to be okay within that yeah and i wasn't and, and i recognized that within me from from you know from a young age and uh that was a painful place to be where you know i really wanted to experience some sort of length of sobriety to kind of get on with my life or just feel like i'm sort of normal and you know, the more that seemed to be unattainable and the longer that period went on where I wasn't able to experience that or, or find it, um, the more and more painful it got. And yeah, it gets dark, doesn't it, in the end? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think, you know, people talk about the pink cloud and mm. like that kind of early recovery. I think for me, and I very much felt that, I think it was embracing that mindset of like, I've never, at least in my adult life or like, you know, post-teenage mm. life, never had a stretch of sobriety like oh this is going to be an adventure like it's a mm. whole new way of experience in the world and for a long time in early recovery i think that kept me going especially as this newfound feeling of like oh my god not hungover um you know less anxiety day by day and that kind of stuff and i kind of miss that time because after a while then you kind of you get used to that experience of the sober world and that's when you have to start actually tackling those things those mm. problems and the mm. reasons you drank in the first place um but of course, that is why we have the steps for something to work on, mm. um, something to always keep us busy. What do you think was different about the time that you, so you said you went in, went to a meeting, had eight days mm. and then went away for three years. What was different about that time to when you came back in three years later? I just think it was like there was something inside me that said, I can't do this on my own. Like it doesn't, because if it, it still felt like when I was going to that, you know, for that eight days, it was like, it wasn't like I was really asking for help. It was okay. like I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I need to do and I'm just gonna kind of like somehow it's gonna work. Mm. But it wasn't like a real kind of cry for help. Like it was like I was looking for something to solve my problem, but I kinda of wanted to solve it on my own still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think when it when when it kind of finally you know, it was a weekend and it and, and, and it was just I said it was just a kind of another bad weekend really. I just realised that if I'm gonna do this, I need help with it. Mm. Um I think that was the fundamental. It was it was just like being able to hold up my hands and say, "Do you know what, guys?" <laughs> yeah, like, and that was to my mum and dad because they were like the only people left yeah. in my life apart from my drug dealers at that point, you know, and the shopkeeper that served me alcohol down the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like really kind More of shocking. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Yeah, yeah, and I'm trying to like be really friendly to him because he's like the only guy in my life now. You know what I mean? And, and my drug dealer, I'm trying to like you know kind of get him to hang about with me a little bit because <laughs> yeah. like you know what I mean? I'm kind of like it's either that or my parents and. And the only reason I went to my parents was to kind of rob them and, um, you know, sort of persuade them to give me money and, and food and stuff like that. And yeah, I think it was just that that kind of feeling of it, it was like a deep sense of shame. Mm-hmm. I think it really was. It was just like, man, I, I, I'm I'm really shameful, you know, and, and and I really need some help with this because um, I don't think it can. I don't think it could go on for much longer. You know, I think that that, that suicidal thinking had kind of, you know, was just there on a daily basis and. Um, yeah, it's it's just uh, it was just a kind of humbling, I suppose. You know, just to kind of like actually, 
such a yeah, relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm willing to listen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just tell me what you need me to do. You know, I'm up for it, mm. and and I'll kind of do that. And um, you know, that stood me in good sense, stead, really. I always felt like it was like this dirty secret that I'd like just repressed for so long, mm. and I was like desperately like juggling plates for people not to see. Like my friends, I lived with my friends at uni as well, and like, you know, it just got to the point where it's so difficult to hide it from them. And like the minute I just, you know, I, I reached out to my sister in recovery, that was like, mm. like probably similar to what you did with your parents. Like it was like the secret was out as well. And like, I felt like, cause I did that, like I need, I knew I had to do something about it. Mm. Like I had, like I've told them now, like she knows what this is like, you know, I've, I've got to do something about it. And it was like this weird sense of like relief, but also just like intense fear about mm. like, losing the thing that like has got me through everything mm. like just the the crutch as you said earlier like how am i gonna like live a life sober like i don't know how people have fun mm. without drugs or alcohol like at all i don't know how i'm gonna do any of this stuff but you know it's just all like as lou said you know it's just work it's working out isn't it you yeah know? yeah it is and, and one of my one of my things i say to myself every day and i say to other people is you know it's another day in another day in paradise isn't it yeah. you know it's like whether we have these kind of hard days or or days that are kind of filled with indecision or, or whatever else it might be you know it is it's another day a beautiful day in paradise you know we you know i get to kind of like at a very basic level i get to walk around without that sort of like deep kind of like incessant need for something to kind of feel like this void and then to have like, you know, drank it or used it only to feel like, you know, twice as bad afterwards. It's yeah. like on a real kind of basic level that, that that's just a phenomenally amazing experience. And, um, but it isn't, it isn't easy to begin with. Like I said, when I first sobered up, I didn't have a clue, you know, what, what was kind of required of me as a human being anymore, yeah. you know, like how was I going to function? And, and somebody said to me right at the beginning, you know, and this was one of the things that I kind of kept saying to myself for months. It was like, just for a laugh, just stay sober for today. You know what I mean? And give yourself permission to drink as much as you want tomorrow because you can do that. You know what I mean? Mm. But just, just do it for today, just for a laugh and see what happens. Because you might find that when you wake up in the morning, you're happy that you stay sober yesterday. Yeah. And I kept saying that to myself. And that was kind of like my mantra for the first few months because it was like, all I've got to do is do today. And I, and, and it was some, somehow within giving myself permission to drink tomorrow, it was still like I had a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was really scared about this idea that I couldn't drink forever. It, it didn't sit right. So it was like, okay, no, I'm just going to give myself permission to do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then as time kind of went on a bit, you know, I found myself, my, my kind of, my, my thoughts expanded a bit more and I was like, you know what, like, let's get to the end of the year. You know, somebody mm -hmm. said to me, give yourself the favor of getting to a year sober. And mm. if your life's no better after a year, go back and drink again. Mm. You know what I mean? It's always going to be waiting there for you. And, and so, that, so then, you know, after a few months, it was like, cool, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I think I'm actually going to be able to get, like, if I keep doing what I'm doing, if I keep doing what I'm told, you know, and keep kind of like having that uh, willingness to learn, you know, I might just make it to a year. Mm. And when I got to a year, I was almost a little bit annoyed because it was like, there's still a part of me that was like, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm an alcoholic and addict. There's a part of me that really, really wants to drink and take drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and when I got to a year sober and I was like, damn, you know, my life is actually better. Yeah. Like, and that little kind of addict and alcoholic in me Bastard kind of like, right. yeah, yeah, had this little kind of moment of like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Does that mean I don't actually get yeah. to drink now? I thought I was going to come out Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, yeah. you've been repressing me for years. Yeah. Like, yeah, and that, that was just, you know, 
part of the way I seem to be able to kind of manage with that in that first because that first you know that first year was was really tough yeah um in terms of just not drinking and using you know the second year for me is is has been a lot, and people do talk about it how it's you know it's more about your emotional growth then yeah I, I t- definitely agree on and, that and that's yeah. that's really been the case for me and um you know, and and the the wonderful things that have happened, you know, since I've had that sense of freedom mm. from like just not drinking, because that's what it was to begin with. Just just don't drink, just don't drink. You know what I mean? Get through today. Um, to actually kind of being able to walk around with that, not really necessarily being a problem anymore. Mm. You know, as long as I kind of stick to the things that I do that help maintain that, because that is really important, and that's all part of that routine of recovery that kind of becomes a working part of my mind. Um that it kind of then gave me the freedom to actually work on that kind of emotional stuff. And, and that was, again, really tricky. It's quite, you know? it's quite overwhelming. Yeah. I find like it's just I constantly have things popping up about yeah. myself that are kind of hard to face. Yeah. Of like, oh, shit, you know, I've just been really negative about that person. And that's because I'm scared and I'm scared, like scared of new people. So I'm like, it's just all this stuff that comes up and you just have to face about yourself, which is mm. but you, the tools now to do it is it's amazing, really. Mm. but it's still pretty difficult yeah (laughs) Yeah. and and i relate it to what you said about there's always or at least there still is at the moment a part of you that wants to drink and take drugs because sometimes i can feel a little bit of pressure to to live that sentiment of the desire to drink has been lifted from me Mm. and in most of my life it genuinely has you know Mm. but there is still that part in me which remembers the good times and mm. still loves to drink and loves to take drugs especially mm. when i'm around like live music and stuff it can creep up in me just that like oh remember you do love that mm. it's not it's not a whole thing it's not a i know now because i, I work my program that the risk of that happening is very low because i'm doing the right things but it i do think it'll always be there and i, I just try to accept that and not feel ashamed about it. It, it for me it's always been something that i've needed to acknowledge you know what i mean it's, it's like like, you know, I, I, there's a deep part of me which has this, like, you know, utter desire, you know, to just drink myself into oblivion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, 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 I, and I don't like that part of me, you know, because I know where that takes me. But it also feels like, you know, that I, that it, I don't want to shy away from admitting that, you know, that, you know, that that's, that's something that I have within me. Mm-hmm. And I think the things that I do prevent that from coming to the surface again. And, and the more I continue to, to sort of grow an understanding of myself and how I could interact with the world, um, the more it seems like a, a ridiculous thing to even suggest, you know? So it's like I occasionally get those thoughts of being like, oh, yeah, like a glass of rum would be really nice. And then immediately it's replaced with like, yeah, but that's a really stupid idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so it's like... You just play it out. Really, you just play you? it out, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and it doesn't mean that they don't pop up every now and then, but um, they don't have that kind of that weight to it anymore mm. you know where it's it's almost just one of those little things that i can kind of laugh off a little bit because it does just seem like a ridiculous thing and and the more i kind of stay sober the more i'm enjoying this this kind of like this kind of trip of life where you're actually not putting anything in you to alter yourself so you're having that experience of what it what it's like to kind of wake up and go to bed sober and have that continuous kind of journey mm. um to and like that, really feel you yeah like yeah you yourself yeah, yeah. And that's awesome like it's it's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic experience and the idea of you know kind of altering that by having a drink seems like a ridiculous thing and something that i kind of i know 
really the deep you know deep in with me in in the core that I don't want that Mm. you know I just know that that's something that I don't want to do and it's like it's almost become like one of those little things that's just like one of those random fantasies and and because I have you know I, I have these kind of quite weird little fantasies you know sometimes and you know, like if I see a sausage dog, I feel like putting my foot underneath it and like flicking it over a fence. Like intrusive you know? thoughts. <laughs> yeah, 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 like intrusive yeah, thoughts, course, you know what yeah. I mean? But I don't go give credit to that yeah, for because it. it's a ridiculous yeah. thought. I don't act on it. And but yeah. I but I see it, you know, if I see a sausage dog, I kinda of think about it. You know what I mean? And it, and and it's like so it's like that we're drinking now. It's like, you know, sometimes yeah. I'm just like, Yeah, stood in the sunshine, I'm like, Oh yeah, rum and coke, lovely. And then I'm like, No, that's a, you know it, it doesn't <laughs> you know, it's it's a thought that doesn't make sense anymore because it it just doesn't feel like you know, the experience that I want to have anymore. The only way I could have like one drink is if someone chained me to a radiator, in like yeah. a bent basement. <laughs> it was like, have one drink and then I'd have to be like, and I'd still probably like cut my arm off to... Like the first yeah, Saw movie. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I heard someone say, this is like an, an old time in recovery, that when they, when others walk past a pub on a sunny day and see people with a pint of cider and think of like the good times... They don't see a party. They see police cars, um, yeah. the inside of a jail cell, handcuffs, yeah. their mm. wife crying. And I kind of try to do that myself. I mean, the equivalent of that for me is like uh, loneliness and desperation mm. and debt and um, pushing myself away from mm. people I love, you know. But every now and then when I do see it, I do still see the party. Mm. And I, I think it's probably a time thing. I mean, for me, I'm in my second year of mm. recovery as well coming towards the end of it and i really i'm feeling that whole emotional sobriety thing mm. you know i've got uh, it's and it is a bit of a roller coaster at the moment yeah <laughs> it's yeah. it's hard like i've had to relearn emotions mm. you know like it was throughout this year I, I you know i needed help and support to, to work out how to like be angry and not let it affect other people around me yeah. but just to be able to be like no actually today i am a bit angry at this situation and that's okay like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go out and harm people because of it mm. you know what i mean and, and i'm but, uh, but to be okay with that, you know what I mean? And, and to be okay with feeling shame and guilt around things that I've done in the past, but not let it become overwhelming. Mm. Um, and the one that I struggle with most, and, and it's, it's, it's still a struggle to this day, is sadness. Like I find it quite hard to experience sadness without it becoming overwhelming. So yeah. I kind of still block it off and, you know, I, I get it. You know, it's like, unfortunately, a lot of people end up relapsing, you know, that you become close to people and, and they, and then they end up relapsing and, yeah. I just, it's almost like I don't know how to be sad for those people or sad in that situation because it's almost too much. But you need to sort of put, I think, like, put some sort of boundaries to protect yourself in those situations because the same thing, you know, I've had quite a few people, like, I had, like, a really good friend who, like, I was, like, going to meet meetings with constantly and he just relapsed, gone. Mm. Don't know what he's like. And it was, like, for me, like, relationships socializing too has been a really difficult thing like it's something i've had to completely relearn mm. the situation and like having a friend just go so it's yeah it's just it's the nature of the illness isn't it? it's difficult yeah yeah it's, it is yeah and and, and you know on because that that can become a part of your kind of weekly routine kind of yeah. almost you know or your monthly routine is is that you you know somebody that you know and got close to mm kind of disappears back out the door and and you know and, and that and that's really sad and you've got to kind of twin that with this like you know all the other positive emotions that you know we experience and, and you know i get on a daily basis just by simple things is like opening my sock drawer and seeing all my socks like rolled up in pairs and i'm like <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean yeah. i'm like utter joy just like simple yeah. things like that 
and then you know get a phone call from somebody who's um just been oh do you know this so and so yeah they just disappeared you know they just gone again and it's like and it's a real kind of roller coaster being being within um I think Bristol in particular has got such a recovery kind of community. Yeah. That, yeah definitely. that you're kind of really aware of like, you know, the ins and outs of people. Um I suppose you're in a dry house too. Yeah. Like, do yeah. You find, I'm sure you probably see a lot more people like coming and going, don't you? Because yeah. everyone's in such a vulnerable like time of their life too. Yeah. And all living together, I can imagine. Yeah. And, and you know, it's hard not to feel guilty sometimes because on a, you know, and again, these are, you know, we, you know, I've got a, you know, I think we all have a little bit of a crazy head, right? And we all have these little thoughts. You know, sometimes when I see people relapsing, I think, God, like, you know what? Like, at least it's not me. You yeah. know, and, and because it's should, like, yeah. and because yeah. like, you know, people, people talk about these percentages, you know, like if, if you've got like the three of you in a room, like, you know, out of us three, and this is dark to say, but it's like one of us is going to die, one of us is going to relapse and one of us is going to stay sober. And right yeah. at the beginning of recovery, that's something that's kind of was drummed into my head. Yeah. So every time somebody relapses, I'm like, cool, like I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into that like 30% of people, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you, you guys keep relapsing because that gives me a bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, and, and it's a bit dark to say it, but it's like, it, it I guess what I'm saying is like I, it makes me feel grateful and lucky. Yeah, yeah, you know, perspective, that, isn't it? Because it almost doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, you try and make sense of it, and you're like, well, why did it happen to them? Yeah, I don't know if this is over dramatizing it a bit, but it almost sounds a bit like survivor's guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good way of putting it. it is a good thing, yeah. yeah, I think with with you, one thing I noticed about you very quickly is like you, your attitude, both of you actually, your attitudes like from the get go with this stuff like you didn't fuck around mm. like hearing you share our meetings and everything like you were you were on it like you could tell mm. that you really really wanted this yeah and i think that that's that's quite like a good gift too like both of you were like that me i was mm. like do i want mm. this at first and then i went back mm. out and i was like i need this now mm. like i think for me coming into 12-step recovery it was only like I, I was lucky to be at that point but it's not that i hadn't had those experiences beforehand like i tried to stop drinking on my own so many times and with a, the help of another non-12 step group and for them I, that had been my equivalent of ah oh, fuck it i'll go back out and do it on my own and so when it had, we talk about these like daily panic attacks i also had this like slow long gradually building panic in my life that like just peaked and i was like something has to change like it just all became so intense and i, I knew i knew that that was going to have to be the drink was going to have to go mm. and because that seed of 12 step recovery had been planted in me I knew that that's where I had to turn, but at that point in time, it just didn't feel like it didn't feel like I had an option. And so I was like, I'm just going to throw myself at this stuff because I can't be asked to think anymore. I can't think anymore. Mm. I hate what I'm doing in my daily life, and I just need someone to tell me what to do. Mm. Yeah, it, it almost for me, it almost became another addiction. You know, it was like yeah. I did because I didn't really know how to do the simple, basic things in life, like have normal conversations with people. You know, or like, you know, coming from a small town in Oxfordshire to like a big city, it's not a huge city, but it was big to me. Um, you know, my anxiety just with getting on the bus, you know what I mean? Just just yeah. the simple things like learning how to manage my money again or, or to cook food properly for me, you know, for myself. And there was so much that I'd seem to be incapable of doing. Just even that, like sitting with yourself yeah, too, you know. That it was like, I'm just going to do recovery stuff because yeah. I think I can do that. You know what I mean? And, and, mm -hmm. and I, and, and, you know, I've had people throughout my recovery telling me I'm doing too much, telling me I need to have more fun, and I, and I get that, and and I think that that's a really good, uh, that's a really good reflection on just like how I seem to be incapable of actually still kind of doing that that normal stuff. Mm. But 
I just didn't really have a choice, actually. It was, yeah. was kind of like I just needed to do this stuff because this it seems to be the stuff that's keeping me sober. And, and it's taken time to actually relax into, you know, being me mm. and, 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 and kind of almost stepping back a little bit from the kind of identity because, it, you know, and I, it's almost yeah. like I formed this identity of like, you know, there was, there was drinking and using Francis and now there's like recovery Francis. Yeah. And it's like, and even within that, it was like I suddenly got to a point and it was only when I, I just hit two years sober and I had a bit of a meltdown because I suddenly realized that it was like I was hiding underneath this this identity, mm. you know, like I was hiding underneath my my drink. Mm. It was like I was hiding underneath recovery, and 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 it took me this kind of like yeah I did I had this kind of real meltdown and just being like I'm not okay like I'm just <laughs> not like and so when they asked you know I had to uh, do like a birthday share at a, a meeting and, and I just spent the whole 20 minutes just being like I'm not okay I'm hiding <laughs> like I don't know who I am like and it was a complete emotional like you know offload and and because I kind of I'd done the right things you know I said the right things I, I'd made the right noises in meetings you know I, I, I did all the, the things I was supposed to do and but I just I wasn't relaxed enough and and I'm glad I did all that because I don't think if if I hadn't have done it, I don't think I'd be sat here today sober. You got a solid foundation, you know what I mean, and yeah, then, and then it yeah. gives you something to relax off. So I, I was never ashamed of all that, even though that you know a lot of people kind of pointed it out to me. Um, but it's like, do you know what? It's kind of working, so I'm all right with that. I, exactly, you know, it's it's your recovery, isn't mm. it? Like I had to. For me, especially at the beginning, I had to just, I did, I did like three meetings a day, mm -hmm. you know, and like I couldn't sit with myself. Like I'd go on the bus to go to all those meetings. Mm -hmm. So like I'd take the bus like six times in the day mm -hmm. and like just because I couldn't sit by myself. And that's what I really, I needed because yeah. I just, I didn't know who I was, what to do, wh what was going to happen. And I think what I find now, like my struggle is balance of things. Like mm. I, I'm someone who throws myself into one thing at a time and I find everything else drops by and that, and like, that is what I'm like, I think the biggest struggle in my recovery at the minute is just like, how do I have a relationship, have a social life, have recovery and have work and have, you know, exercise and eating well and things mm. like, it's just very hot. Plus having a hobby, th things like that. Like I can't, it's, it's very difficult for me to just balance everything out it's just mm. yeah just i think i think for me one thing that i'm still figuring out how to do in all that mix of things is relax like, yeah okay. and i and i don't I, i'm trying not to say this as if i make it sound like i'm the kind of person that's so productive and i do that stuff and <laughs> get things done i don't mean that like there's loads of time in my day where i spend doing nothing but i don't feel like i really relax in those times like my head's always really busy okay and yeah. i'm always like it's stupid right i have this to-do list on my phone of like things that I need to do each day and I'll add to it constantly and I check it obsessively. And in, in a time, I find myself like in a time when I'm supposed to be almost if I allocate myself some time, I still will just be checking it constantly. It's almost like, it's kind of like a set. I try to cut down social media because I realize how addictive that can be. And, mm. and it's almost like I've started checking this to-do list in the same way. It's, it's weird, but <laughs> see, that is. But when you've, yeah, I know. But like when you've just spent so much time, just like, oh, the way we relax is sitting down and cracking a can. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. I don't know how Turning to do it. Really. Turning mm. my mind off. And like meditation definitely helps. But um, I'm, and, I, and when I get in a good routine of it, I know it's a massive difference, but it's so easy to get out of a good routine of meditation, I find. Is that part of your yeah. daily routine? Yeah, it took me a little while to settle into it, like a bit the work for me. And um, 
you know, my morning meditation is a kind of moving meditation. I don't do it sat down because I feel like my body needs to kind of get up and actually move. Um, and then I follow that with a cold shower at the minute. And I've been doing that for the last like three weeks. And, and that might well drop out, you know, as things you say, things do, you know, I, I kind of build up a bit of a routine and then it, and then it kind of fluctuates. But the, the kind of moving meditation, which involves kind of tapping and, and spinning and, and kind of like wiggling my hips and yeah i mean i must look quite funny because you know I'm, i just get out of bed i'm still not wearing any clothes and i open one blind on my window and i think like just to let some sunlight in and i'm kind of doing that classic thing with my hands on my hips kind of like waving them around and um but it but it gets it, it kind of gets me moving and, and while i do that i practice kind of recognizing when thoughts come in and trying to letting them go again but but it just took playing around with it i mean you know the the, the kind of to begin with, I was really set on like, I'm going to do this every single day. And I did that until it didn't work anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? And then the advice I got was, well, just play around with it. Mm. As long as you're doing something and you're in, you're, you know, you're inquisitive about like, you know, the results you're going to get from, from, you know, having a practice, whatever that practice looks like, you know, just have a play around with it. And, and that's how I ended up setting, settling on this kind of moving kind of body meditation in the morning. And then in the evening, I had to again I had to change my attitude around it so now my, my goal is just to sit down mm. if I sit down to do some meditation I've achieved my goal for the day mm. if I stay down there for 30 seconds or for two minutes or for five minutes you know that that's all a bonus mm. but it was like if I started to it started to become too much of a kind of like I must do this for 10 minutes every day you know what I mean I must do it if I don't then I'm kind of I'm not succeeding in my recovery somehow and um and that was just one of those little attitude shifts which which i kind of had to go through which was actually just make your goal really easy you know you make it make it really simple you know like i'm just going to sit down you know mm -hmm. if i sit down cool that's like you know that's a winning situation uh, and then anything other than that is then just a bonus and and that's kind of how i had to start changing my attitudes around the other things in my life as well like just just keep your goals really simple you know, it's like, like relaxing, like I'm just going to give myself like, you know, I'm just going to give myself the opportunity to sit on a chair and relax. If I only stay there for five minutes, cool. Like at least I've sat down, mm. you know what I mean? And it's like, and, and, and like I do it with watching films where I'm kind of obsessively looking at like, uh, you know, kind of WhatsApp and I'm like, oh, like, you know, um, like, and I'm trying to relax in this film. And it's like, if I just like put my phone down for like 10 minutes, like that's cool. You know, that would do as a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of making for me making my kind of goals achievable yeah because I, I i'm liable otherwise to to start getting that kind of negative thinking of like i've failed if i haven't yeah. kind of achieved these these kind of higher goals that i've set myself that are yeah there's lots of stuff on that i mean it's like there's something to be said isn't there like i want putting one piece of action in each day mm. if like whether it's related to your recovery or just your own personal goals is you know, there's a lot of stuff i'm saying that's really really rewarding and I uh, I should take your advice. I think I'm going to. Because, <laughs> going to be honest, to, yeah. when you were talking then, I was like, shit, he's got a point. Because I've got into the routine. For me, it was 15 minutes meditation every day. And mm. I worked up to that. Yeah. And I was really happy with the way it was. And then all of a sudden, maybe I missed like two days. And now suddenly 15 minutes feels like ages. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm. And so I, I'm not like, well, if I'm not going to do 15 minutes, I may as well not bother. Mm. But I think you're right. I'll just make sure I kind of sit down to do yeah. it. it. It's difficult, isn't it? It's, it, it I'm, I, I, it's really easy for me to go on a negative downward spiral. Yeah. So it's really important that I kind of like I try and make my days as successful as as possible, and that doesn't mean that I need to have achieved loads. 
but like you know like being finding that you know doing my little morning routine like that's a successful thing you know like having a kind of well-balanced breakfast that's successful you know it's like it's finding success in the really small mundane things Mm. so that even if things like throw me off kilter a little bit during the day you know that i still kind of go to bed feeling like the day's been successful Mm. um because that was one of the things that really you know that feeling of being a failure and, and and it's kind of coming up to my birthday in a few weeks and and my birthday every year was just a highlight of how depressed I was yeah. because it was yeah. like another year, you know what I mean? Another year and I've done nothing, you know what I mean? And yeah. it was like, I couldn't look at the positive things that I had done throughout the years. Mm. All I could do was like, look at the, the, the kind of like the same stuff happening again, you know, it'd been a whole nother year full of drinking, full of using, full of like, you know, kind of like getting worse. And, and, and it just seemed to be the most depressing period of like reflection. Um, that, that I think for me in recovery, it's, it's just really important that I, I don't let myself fall back into that mindset because mm. I can and it's, and I have done. Um, and, and that, that's kind of meant finding those, finding success in things that maybe aren't, don't look that successful to other people, mm. but just being like, actually for me, that's a really cool thing. You know, like, mm. like, like I said, just having my socks rolled up in pairs in my drawer, you know, that's success. That is like, for me, that is like, I am winning or like, every day when I get a pair of socks out that that's like a sense of accomplishment and achievement and 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 if I if I find joy in those little things it's easier to kind of ride the bigger waves when they come you know and 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 to and and to not get kind of hung up on the negative things that you know that you know because when we're self-reflecting at the end of the day which is something I do you know what I mean it's one of the steps it's like I it's really easy to find lots of faults in my day Mm. And if I start to look at it too negatively and, and don't have the positive, then, you know, then the negativity just kind of overrides everything mm. and I go to bed feeling worse about myself. Mm. Um, and, and that's a kind of dangerous position for me to be in. So, but, 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 it, you know, this is this kind of attitude that I've got at the minute is all come from different kind of like senses of, of kind of like failure within sobriety and, and, and different periods where I've kind of, you know, really haven't felt like I've been doing that well and playing around with stuff. And there's a good chance it won't last either. You know, that's the other thing is, like you said, you know, we, we kind of, we, you know, we alter our routines, things happen, things change. Like this week, I've really struggled with the indecision, you know, and, and that my anxiety has been like, you know, absolutely kind of at the at kind of its peak level. And, and it's been really difficult to, to find those moments of success. But it's, it's um, still something to strive for. So the most important question, what would you say to the newcomer into sobriety? I think it would be the same thing that somebody said to me, you know, just for a laugh, stay sober for today. Just see if you can do that. And if you need to give yourself permission to drink tomorrow, but just for today, don't drink, see what happens. And you never know, you might find that you wake up sober feeling grateful that you didn't drink yesterday. And then if you did, if you enjoyed that, you know, I mean, if you're better off, or you feel like you're better off, just say it again. And keep saying it for as long as you need to say it. Uh, it's the one thing that worked for me. It's it's not like a common kind of thing that's that's talked about, but it's the one thing that really helped for me. Amazing. I think that's a great note to end yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Thank nice. you for joining us. It's Thanks been my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. I've been like 
almost broke into a sweat. Points, you know what I mean? So like, you did, you did great, man. Like, yeah. if I can walk out of here without a wet back, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. You That's know what one I mean? of those small successes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Small, small successes, successes mate. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's a sense of achievement. Yeah. Yes. Love it. All right. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. Mm-hmm.